Uh, today's Bible reading is Proverbs uh, 31, which can be found on page 660 of the Bibles provided, or you can read it from the screen. Proverbs 31. The sayings of King Lemuel. An inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answers to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigour on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty, and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. A wife of noble character, who can find? Who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plans a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes him linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Well, we've been in the book of Proverbs over, uh, this is the fourth week. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the series. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, preparing it uh, last year for our church and I came away with a deep love of the book of Proverbs. And my goal from the series has been for you to see the beauty of the book of Proverbs with fresh eyes. If you've missed the sermons, they are all online. 
My goal really has been for you to come away loving the book of Proverbs and then resolve to use them in one way or another, year in, year out, as a book of the Bible that will be of immense benefit to you, bringing wisdom, bringing perspective and bringing life. And uh, for those of you who've jumped into the Bible uh, reading series that I uh, put together for this, I trust that you're already feeling the benefit of getting your head around the book of Proverbs and using them in daily life. And if, like many of us, you've been really busy in the lead-up to Christmas today as we close off the book of Proverbs, there's one last chance uh, for me to encourage you to really immerse yourselves in them. Um, We close with the last two chapters of Proverbs today. And we get, again, some final encouragement either to continue or to uh, commence using um, a book like Proverbs to pursue a life that is really soaked in God's wisdom. In them, we have painted for us by God a vivid picture of what that might look like. And while I'm sure uh, that believers in every age have been uh, faced with many challenges, I think it's good to acknowledge the age that we currently live in where we are constantly bombarded with information calling us this way and that in the pursuit of happiness. We are the most marketed to generation that has ever been with a constant stream of advertising telling us that education is the key, a good night's sleep is the key, owning an all-wheel drive is the key uh, to happiness. And we also live in a really exciting time where technology has given us more information and choices Uh, than ever before, to see what's happening across the world, to access online learning, documentaries, forums. And to cap it all off, we also live in the social media age as well, which bombards us with an ever-increasing range of images and endless opinions from people we know, shaping our view of what it means to live life to the full. And if things are going well for you, this uh, can be an exciting time in which to live. But I know many struggle with it and we can feel ourselves kind of sinking beneath the weight, uh, being crushed by this overwhelming amount of information and opinions on how to live life well. Most of us would have experienced both ends of the spectrum uh, and uh, whether it's exciting or crushing for you at the moment in life, we live in a time with a massive amount of background noise going on constantly It's like standing in a crowd with everyone talking at once, trying to work out who we listen to as we seek to live the good life under God. It feels like standing in a crowd with everyone talking, trying to work out which way to go and not being able to see our way through the crowd to our destination quite yet. And against this backdrop, the book of Proverbs paints a clear, different and very beautiful picture of how to live life in God's world. And it's my goal today for one last chance to help you see it and win your heart to it. So it'd be great to open up the Blue Bibles on your seats because we're going to start a chapter back uh, from our reading today in Proverbs 30, which you'll find on page 659. We'll move quite quickly through that before we come to today's reading. And, uh, if you've been away in recent weeks, Proverbs 1 to 9 is really the setup. Uh, to commend us to want to pursue God's wisdom and to live life under the fear of the Lord. Chapters 10 to 29 are the big collection of Proverbs sayings and we looked at a chapter of those last week and considered how we might uh, use a chapter of it. And chapters 30 to 31 are the bookend really uh, at the end of things uh, to commend to us uh, pursuing what it means to live under the fear of the Lord. 
And as God has overseen the compilation of Proverbs, we have a very interesting inclusion at chapter 30 with the sayings of Agar, which the original readers would have known is a non-Israelite name. A man who expresses his weariness to God, verse 1 of chapter 30, someone who realises that he's in need of God's wisdom. Read with me from verse 2 of chapter 30, where Agar says, Surely I am only a brute, not a man. I do not have human understanding. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I attained the knowledge of the Holy One. As... uh, Proverbs set up for us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Our man Agar here at the end is a living contrast to the person described in Proverbs chapter 2. Agar, in uh, sort of opposite, has not stored up God's words. He has not turned his ear to wisdom and he has not applied his heart to understanding. He has not called out for insight, searched for it like treasure, to understand what it means to live under the fear of the Lord, a concept repeatedly commended to us in Proverbs as a beautiful way to live that brings life. Agar knows he doesn't have that and he humbles himself before God. A wonderful response really, asking a number of questions such as verse 4, who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? And to those in the following questions, the implied answer is that God has. Surely you know, Agar says to God. Agar stands for us as a signpost pointing beyond Israel to God's world, God's worldwide plans to reveal his saving plans to every tribe and to every nation. A man who humbles himself before God as a foreigner to God's promises to Israel. And he's given the revelation of God's words, verse 5. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. If you're here today checking out who Jesus is or thinking about church and Jesus for the first time in a long time, note that Agar is very clear here. God calls for a response. He calls for action. He calls for all people everywhere to take refuge in him. And while there are many experiences in this world that can bring temporary joy, many viewpoints, many worldviews that appear to be wise, if you want the truth of why the world is the way it is, if you want to be connected to reality, God's Word alone can do it. True wisdom is not independent from God. His words are pure, refined, flawless, which is why Agar is so keen to warn us, verse 6, do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. Two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Agar is very keen as a foreigner who given great insight into the God of all creation that he wants the true wisdom of God and that it would not be obscured by lies, lies, half-truths and deceptions that would lead us away from God as he continues in verse 8. He recognises other dangers. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I will have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord 
or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. I tried to be very clear throughout the series that Proverbs is not to be treated like a lolly shop where you go in and purchase only your favorites. Proverbs is more of a complete diet. Many a proverb can be picked out and teach falsehoods, like prosperity doctrine, that if you give, 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 God will make you rich beyond measure, a popular teaching that fills church halls across the world. Proverbs, however, shows us the slowly revealed truth, as one proverb on prosperity nuances the rest that don't teach that. And it seems actually that Agar at this point has already got the summary of God's wisdom when it comes to wealth. Too much wealth can lead us away from daily dependence upon God and eventually away from a living relationship with Him. There's a danger there. But being poor kind of sucks too and can lead you to sin and dishonouring of God's name. So Agar prays for just enough for today. And it's yet another example of how much Jesus, the true wisdom of God, is soaked in the words of Proverbs. I promised you at the start of the series, if you pour yourself into Proverbs and you go back and read a gospel account of Jesus' life, you realise just how much of Jesus' wisdom comes from the book of Proverbs, which of course makes sense. Jesus being the wisdom of God made flesh. It seems very familiar if you know Proverbs when Jesus prays, give us today our daily bread. God's provision for each new day and our contentment and satisfaction with that is a difficult goal to comprehend. And I suspect there's a link there to the many aspects of how the world works that Agar goes on to ponder with his number riddles that produce some very memorable verses like verse 15. The leech has two daughters, give, give, they cry. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough. Which as he goes on to explain, I think is a way of pointing out that there are many things in this world that it makes sense are never satisfied implying that those who know the wisdom of God to seek what they need from Him and contentment with that, that is the wise response. Agar ponders much more. Take verses 21 to 23, for example. Under three things the earth trembles, under four it cannot bear up. A servant who becomes a king, a godless fool who gets plenty to eat, a contemptible woman who gets married and a servant who displaces her mistress. As those who live today in a very individualistic culture, we find it hard to connect with this worldview that values cohesive society more so, more so than the servant or fool that rises to break it. As we said kicking off the series, Proverbs is actively trying to shape our worldview so that our actions and our words reflect God's wisdom. But it's through Agar's next number play that God reveals what is at the heart of the intent of Proverbs. Verses 24 to 28 with four small animals exalted for their wisdom. Each of us, I think, show us that while life is hard, it's through the pursuit of God's wisdom that we learn to survive and flourish in our world. So as Agar signs off in verses 32 and 33, God uses his words to remind us that we need to change the course of our lives if we find ourselves playing the fool. Proverbs 1 to 9 sets us up for this, 
that knowledge and life come from the fear of the Lord, but fools reject it to their own destruction. So we're encouraged here by Agar, a foreigner, who's found God to be a merciful God, a wise God, a God worth pursuing, that we are all called to take cover under the shield that is the Word of God. It is through God's words that he reveals himself, just like he has done to Agar. Then as we start the final chapter of Proverbs, we have yet another surprise from God. We find the sayings of yet another foreigner, King Lemuel, remembering the words his mother taught him. His words are not complicated, but they have been followed by so few. In short, he says, don't use power or wealth God given to you for self-indulgence in women and wine to excess. (laughs) Rather, verse 8, verse 9, we're told to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of those who are destitute. Speak up, those of you in power, and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. I gather God has placed these words here at the climax of Proverbs because he not only wants them to be followed by kings and rulers, but all those who know what it is to fear the Lord. And it's so much more than a call not to do harm in life. It's an active call to do good to those in need, those without a voice, the destitute, the poor and the needy. And again, we should find it no surprise that it's Jesus who walks this talk in a way that has captivated the heart of every Christian. As he stepped away from the riches that were his, the eternal worship in heaven, where angels sing of his glory day by day and came to earth as a man, finding faith amongst much disbelief and opposition, tenderly caring for those who came to him, some in great physical need, but all with a much deeper spiritual need. This great, eternal, powerful God who stepped away from that privilege and allowed himself to be arrested by his enemies who experienced what it was to be betrayed and deserted by his friends. He remained silent when accused, allowing himself to be flogged. In the greatest display of power restrained for others' sake, he hung there on a cross as if nails could hold the creator of the world. As if an army of angels would not have come to his aid and rescued him without such a single word from his lips. Yet it was love for us, love for all people that held him there, silently, because he came to bear God's wrath and fury against our sin, to bear it on his shoulders, so that all who trust in him don't have to bear it on theirs. He used his limitless power and riches, not to glorify himself, but to bring glory to his Father, and bestowing freedom from sin's penalty and every spiritual blessing upon all who would take refuge under the shield of the cross as God displayed his love and wisdom. We have a person to follow in a way King Lemuel and the original readers of Proverbs would not have. But the message hasn't changed. We are to use the resources and power that God has given us for the sake of others and be a community marked by a true other person-centeredness. Not for self-indulgence, a lesson sorely needed in our world today, 
And as we come to the final section of Proverbs, we get to see how this all comes together in living the good life, fearing God, in a passage known as a wife of noble character. And like all of Proverbs, it has been used out of context time and again, mostly with good intent, I suspect, uh, to praise many a wife. But I'm pretty confident, actually, it's not a randomly placed job description for women as they consider getting married in life. In a book that spent a whole nine chapters setting us up to read Proverbs well, using this constant image of both wisdom and folly personified as wisdom, I think it's here to challenge every reader, man or woman, to live a life embodying God's wisdom. We miss it in English, but in the original language, it's actually an alphabet acrostic with each of its 22 verses starting with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's really there as a A to Z of God's wisdom. So as this final section kicks off with a wife of noble character who can find, Proverbs is not being negative about women, invoking guilt or shame, as Proverbs itself has already made the case that men of such character and faithfulness are just as hard to find. We are all meant to be struck by the fact that it is uncommon to find people shaped so practically and thoroughly by the wisdom of God. Man, woman, married or single, this worthy woman makes us all feel somewhat inadequate. But that's kind of the point. To help us see the enduring value of life shaped by God's wisdom and for us to all realise we're not there yet and to desire such character as something worth far more than riches, far more than rubies, verse 10. This worthy woman is described, verse 11, as someone who has the full confidence of her husband, lacking nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Verses 13 to 19 remind us that such wisdom is not an academic pursuit, but produces practical skill and decision-making to enable us to live the good life under God. Painting a picture of a household managed well, marked by considered decision-making, seeking gain through hard work. But a strong household here, as we see, is not an end in itself. Verses 20 to 27 show us that this is also that the household can be a source of strength to others and benefit the community, verse 20. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Bearing in mind the patriarchal society into which it was written, Verse 23, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. And verse 26 shows us the immense value of her words. Lady Wisdom once again. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. But verse 25 is the one that really grabs me out of this chapter. As summing up the outcome of all that is gained, in having a whole life shaped by God. Verse 25, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come. In a book which acknowledges that life is hard and can be particularly difficult at points, it's a great contrast to those who reject the fear of the Lord and hence do not find real knowledge and insight. This woman is so shaped by God's wisdom she can laugh at such days as to come. 
not suggesting that hardship is actually funny in any way, but rather painting for us this beautiful picture of an image of someone so connected to God and His wisdom that they have a deep-seated resilience with which to face life. Such strength, such dignity, such wisdom, such resilience is rare. But don't you crave it? I know I do. And I really hope you do as well. And the good news of Proverbs is that God makes this wisdom available to us all. If we would treasure it, if we would pursue it and seek it as greater than the finest of riches, to all who would come to God through His flawless Word and take refuge in Him. And so Proverbs closes with great praise from all quarters for this woman, so shaped by the wisdom of God. Verse 30, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. We are truly blessed to live this side of the cross, having seen the wisdom of God displayed in full, knowing that as we take refuge in Jesus, the very word and the wisdom of God, that God's wrath against our sin is turned away from us. Victory over death has been won for us. And we have a place now with God and His people for all eternity. Yet between now and when we see Jesus face to face, we are called, we are urged by Proverbs to pursue the wisdom, resilience and character of this worthy woman as described to us. As I reflected over it this week, I thought there's just there's such intentionality about this picture of the way she lives life. It really struck me with how many ways we've invented to waste time during the week. Rather than this person is very thoughtful, very intentional, pursuing the wisdom of God to the blessing of her household and to the blessing of the whole community. There was something in there that I found rebuked me and called me to that I desired this life all the more. I hope Proverbs has that same effect on you. And whether you've started to or not, to have Proverbs in your regular daily reading, to shape you bit by bit as we make decisions on life day in, day out. Not just so that we can live well, but so that we can use the strength of our households, so that we can use the strength of our church community here for the sake of others, for our city, for our country, for our world. Because God is at work in our world and He calls us all to participate in the greatest, largest, most diverse, most significant cause in history, the building of His kingdom. Knowing what it means to fear the Lord and live wisely is not an add-on extra for some in God's church. It's a worthy pursuit for us all. It's a vital pursuit for each one of us. Our world needs churches, not of people dropping in and out, living lives indistinguishable from our neighbours and friends, wondering why life is so hard, uncertain whether the promises of God are true. It needs vibrant churches, full of people whose lives look different because they have stored up God's word in their hearts. People who love and meditate on God's word, including the book of Proverbs. 
people who cry out for wisdom and insight from God and who receive it. I've been tremendously encouraged over the four weeks. I haven't had the chance uh, to meet all of you, but I have had the chance to meet many of you. And I take back to Colonel Light Gardens much encouragement that there are many people here seeking God's wisdom like this. And as I said before, please be encouraged that you have someone coming as a locum who loves Jesus, loves God's word, loves you and wants you to pursue this wisdom together. As you do so, as you cry out for wisdom and insight from God and receive it, you will look different as a people who fear the Lord and find great blessing in it, wisdom, character, resilience and raise children and youth entrusted by God to our church family here to be such people. How encouraging it is to see Bianca up here this morning helping the kids graduate to the next stage of life centred around God's word. Keep going. (laughs) It's worth it. Our world needs churches like this who pursue God's wisdom, who pursue growth and under God's hand plant more churches, welcoming people drawn in, going out to those who won't walk through our doors, pursuing all people, with words of wisdom, words of eternal life from Jesus. All of this is not easy. But I hope amongst the crowd in these four weeks of Proverbs, we've actually turned up in a different way the volume of the Word of God and His wisdom to help you live and turn away from the endless background noise of our world and that God's Word might be speaking to you all the more clearly in Proverbs and across all of the Bible, of course, but Proverbs speaking all the more loudly and clearly to you. I'm going to close our series together by praying that God would continue to do this great work amongst us all. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for your word to us in Proverbs. We thank you for uh, the great case laid before us, the great case laid before all of our hearts of the immense value it is to pursue your wisdom in this world. I pray for each member here at Trinity Church Mount Barker, young and old, that amongst the many voices, the the endless background noise that we have in life, that your word might penetrate clearly through it and bring much uh, wisdom, much blessing, much resilience and a great desire uh, to look outwards, to be truly other person-centred, to use the power and the resources and the good gifts that you have given this church here in Trinity Church Mount Barker. Uh, to be a blessing to the local community and beyond. Uh, We do pray uh, for this coming season. Uh, We give you thanks uh, for Mark, uh, his wife Ali and their beautiful kids that uh, however long they might be amongst this community, that they might be loved and served and find many opportunities to love and to serve others. And however uh, long their time here is, whether long or short, that the whole community might be of great encouragement to one another and that your word might be central in all things. And we pray that coming out of this Proverbs series that uh, we might have uh, all had the value of the book of Proverbs lifted up before us and that in whatever way uh, works in uh, each of our hearts, we might uh, have a diet of Proverbs in there, uh, that we might treasure your wisdom uh, like the finest of riches It might bring uh, great blessing to us, to our households, to our church community and great blessing to many beyond it. All to your glory and honour we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.